What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Just wanted to put out a quick one here today. A lot of news breaking on Friday, February 21st here, when we're recording this Friday afternoon. A lot of news happening on this day, both in the college and the pro game. So, starting things off here in the pro game, Um, So, as y'all know, the PLL trade deadline opened up on Monday. The MLL trade deadline, or not deadline, uh, I guess, windows or whatever you want to call it, has opened up as well. And on, I believe this was day one, the MLL just put this thing out today. Um... Some big trades went down today, both including the Boston Cannons. Their offense now, after today, includes Brian Cole, Randy Stotts, and Bryce Wasserman. Now, they gave up Will Sands, so he, and they also gave up defenseman P.T. Reese as well. And a couple uh, trades of graphics. So here is the the first trade of the day. Uh, one in the morning and then one came out later in the afternoon. The first trade was the Boston Cannons sending Will Sands, attackman Will Sands, to the Connecticut Hammerheads in exchange for attackman Bryce Wasserman. So that was the first trade. The second one saw the Philadelphia Barrage and the Boston Cannons engage in a trade that sent attackman Randy Stotts and midfielder Brian Cole to the Cannons and sent defenseman P.T. Reese to the Barrage. The Cannons also got three draft picks in that trade as well. I believe, let's pull this up here, um, the draft picks are in, I want to say 2020. Okay, this is not loading here. Here we go. Here we go. MLL trade. What that thing that they had. Here we go. Trade tracker. MLL has a trade tracker up. Y'all can uh, y'all can check that out. So the barrage get LSM PTVC LSM slash defenseman can uh, and the Cannons twenty twenty second round pick twenty twenty third round pick. And 2020 third round pick. Uh, that third round pick is from the Rattlers, which is now the, I mean, technically, I guess you could say it's the Hammerheads. I, I really don't know. They, they got that pick in the trade for Sean Evans, or to send Sean Evans to. Dallas, obviously, is now with Connecticut, um, was on their protected roster. 
that was announced uh, last week or earlier this week. So, two big trades going down in the MLL today. Um, And, like, the the Cannons offense is, it was already really good. Already really, really good. You had guys like Mark Cockleton, Zed Williams there at the attack spot, uh, Kyle Jackson, and Challen Rogers at the midfield, kind of two top guys there. Um, And just adding... Stotts alone, I think, is the biggest like addition out of the three that they got. But then also with Wasserman, his speed uh, as a Dodger from behind the cage is second to none. And then also getting Brian Cole, one of the best shooters in the game uh, from the midfield. So j- just having that is like this. This is going to be an offense this year that. Y'all gonna want to watch, and it it's gonna tear up. It's gonna tear up the league. Um, I, I mean, as a defensive coordinator, I think any defense, you know, any defensive coach, any defensive player has to be looking at this team, saying, "Okay, how are we gonna defend this?" Because they have so many guys they can go to. Um, and you know, when you look at it on the flip side of things, uh, they do. They did give up an alpha dog attack man, Will Sands. And in the Sands-Wasserman trade, that one came out first and kind of what a lot of people you saw on social media and then kind of my thoughts on it were, you know, at least they're getting a guy back this time because it reminded me a lot of the Will Manny trade when Will Manny was their best player. They traded Will Manny for, I can't remember who it was exactly, on the Lizards, but... Uh, those two guys ultimately did not come to the Cannons. They retired from the MLL because they did not want to play there. It's still probably one of the most um, embarrassing or unprofessional or whatever you want to call it things I've ever seen in pro sports. It's probably still um, you know, that's why many people pegged the Cannons as the worst organization in pro sports. Over the past couple of years. Now they've really revamped things. And a big part of that. Was getting a guy like Will Sands. And he, he was a revelation. For this team. Over the past couple of years. So it was a bit surprising. To see them send him. To Connecticut. But then when you look at the three guys they got. I, I think if. If you just look at it from. You get Wasserman. And we send Sands, you know, Wasserman's a great, a great player, but I think Sands brings a bit, he, he brings more of a kind of an alpha dog attackman uh, mentality, I would say, than Wasserman does. Um, and I do mention, you know, Wasserman, his speed is uh, second to none in the league. He's also a very good scorer as well. Um, so Sands... When you look at what the Hammerheads will have with this, you know, if they have a younger team. You got Bradley Voigt on that squad at attack, Ryan McNamara at the midfield. Um, and, and it's a young team there. It's it's the it's essentially the Dallas team. We'll see who they get in the uh, supplemental draft, which is, I believe, uh, next week or two weeks away. So, We'll see what uh, what they get there. 
and then also what they get in the draft and who ultimately comes. So, no, we'll see what what they do there. But for right now, they're they're a very young team. You saw that last year um, in Dallas, and now that roster being moved to the new Connecticut Hammerheads. You know, we'll see what Sands does. Um, but I, th- I think getting him is it's it's a big get for them. It's a big get. Now they had to give up Wasserman, um, but just getting Will Sands. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure any any team in the league would uh, want a guy like him on their squad. Now back to this Cannons team. Um, well, I'll I'll go to Philadelphia for a second. So uh, the Barrage they do add PT um, you know, I don't know if, I, I think Phil, in the, in the Philadelphia Boston trade, Philadelphia is the clear loser. Like, it's no question about it. I, I really don't understand it. You know, Lisey's a good LSM, good defender, but to give up Randy Stotts and Brian Cole, I just don't understand it absolutely do not understand why they would do that. And I know kind of what uh, Spencer Ford, the head coach, said was, no, we want a Philadelphia team. We want kind of that grit and all of that. No, that's fine if you want to make a, a, a Philadelphia identity with this team. But, man, you, I mean, Atlanta had the best offense in the league last year. And you're telling me that you're going to send two of your top guys away because, yeah, we're in Philadelphia now and we're called the Barrage and we're going to go Philadelphia style. Like, dude, you got to have an offense. And, yeah, they still have some very, very talented players on that team. Shane Jackson. Mark Matthews is on that team as well. And again, I will mention this. like We don't know exactly what all these rosters are going to look like week one. But based on what things look like right now, you know, I don't think the Barrage necessarily are in a bad position offensively. But it certainly does not look like a smart move, at least to me, to give up a player like Randy Stotts, who, you know, I, I've argued is the the best passer in the game right now, and Brian Cole as well. I mean, t- to give up two guys like that just does not make much sense to me at all. But it is what it is, and uh, the Boston Cannons are the beneficiaries of that decision. The Boston Cannons now have four top ten scores on their roster. Go to the MLL's website. Look at the statistics from last year. Four of the top ten scores from last year are now on the Boston Cannons. Amazing. That That is going to be an absolute buzzsaw of an offense. Cannot wait to see what they can do next season. Um, and I mentioned how, like, 
the Boston Cannons were in disarray for multiple years. Um, but you no know, cut Sean Sean Quirk, um they you know, he's built a team there and uh he even through all that, that went on with players leaving for the PLL last year and um you know, potential players leaving this year as well. I mean they've seemed to kind of keep things together. They've kept fan interest there as well. Um that stadium they play at looked pretty full for most most games this season, so we'll see We'll see how things uh, go in Boston this year. But uh, right now, it looks, looks like they could have one of the better, if not the best, offense in the league with those guys um, currently. Especially with the three guys they got through uh, trades today. Now, moving over to the college game. Recording here on a Friday. Have one game tonight as Towson plays Cornell. A, couple game, a lot of games tomorrow and a couple games on Sunday as well. One of the games tomorrow that's on the schedule will not be, ha- will not be happening now as the Naval Academy has experienced an outbreak of norovirus. I don't exactly know what that is. Never heard of it before, but there is apparently it's a stomach virus. Um, and they, the Naval Academy has said that 30-plus men's lacrosse staff members and players have shown symptoms of this virus since arriving from the game on Tuesday night. Uh, back in Annapolis from the game at Richmond on Tuesday night. So the Navy Maryland game has been canceled. They have said that it, it will might be made up. They said postponed, but there's not been a date set to make it up. Uh, hopefully there will be because you no know, Navy and Maryland are uh, always a pretty good matchup. Uh, really was looking forward to see what. Joe Amplo in that Navy defense uh, that he seemed to revamp this year can do against a Maryland offense that is uh, fairly deep. Um, and Maryland, you know, coming off that loss against Villanova uh, was going to be kind of a redemption game for John Tillman and the Turks. So we'll see, uh, you know, how things shake out if they are able to make this game up uh, because, you know, nonetheless, I thought it would have been a uh, pretty good matchup, but will not be happening now. Obviously, uh, wishing the best to uh, the Naval Academy lacrosse team. <clears throat> um, hoping that all those uh, get better and back on the field sooner rather than later. Now, in some other NCAA news that has come out today. We know that uh, Penn sophomore attackman Sam Handley will be out for multiple weeks as he has suffered a spleen injury, according to Ty Zanders of Inside Lacrosse. Handley was uh, one of the outstanding freshmen last season, uh, was a revelation for the Quakers. As they had that unbelievable run. 
expected to make a big impact again this year as a sophomore. Obviously, will be out for a few weeks now with that spleen injury. Anytime you have an injury that involves an internal organ, it is never um, a good sign. So hopefully he will be back sooner rather than later. We also know that Junior LSM Will Rock has left the Virginia Cavaliers program. Or well, there's also reports out that he has been suspended, but his his profile has been taken off of the athletics website. There are people reporting that he is out of Charlottesville. Uh, we'll see what goes on there. Um, he you know, hasn't played. Well, he played in both the games this year so far. Hasn't recorded any stats. Uh, I believe he had like 27 ground balls. Uh, uh, double-digit cost turnovers last season. Um, obviously, Jared Connors being kind of the number one LSM, uh, Will Rock kind of took a back seat to him a bit. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but you know, overall, the Cavaliers look pretty good, but could be shorthanded at that LSM position with Will Rock not being with the program anymore, it looks like. As I mentioned, his profile has been taken off of the athletics website for Virginia. So we'll see what happens there also with the Virginia Cavaliers. We've learned that Doc's Aiken senior attackman for the Cavaliers, has committed to play football at Villanova next season as a fifth-year um, transfer. So much like Pat Spencer is doing this year with uh, basketball at Northwestern, Doc Aiken will be doing next season in football at Villanova. Um, for those who don't know Villanova football, they are in the FCS, so Division One. there's FBS, which is your SEC, ACC, Big 12, American, uh, Conference USA, you know, all, all of those conferences. And then that's where the college football playoff is. And then there's the football, uh, so that's a football bowl subdivision, used to be Division One A. The FCS is Football Championship Subdivision. used to be called Division I AA. Now, Villanova is in the CAA in football. Then they have a pretty, uh, pretty good football team uh, within the conference and all that. They went to the FCS playoffs. I believe they've been there the past couple of years. Um, so, okay, they were in the, so looking back here at, uh, some Villanova football records, they were in the FCS playoffs from 2008, they had a stretch from 2008 to 2010, 
2016. They lost to Southeastern Louisiana 44-45 last season in the first round of the FCS playoffs. So, and here's like what I have to say about that is, and we know Jared Bernhardt, midfielder at uh, Maryland, is also uh, considering to transfer. He's in the transfer portal as a football player as well to play fifth-year football. J.T. Giles-Harris, defenseman at Duke, uh, whose brother Joe Giles-Harris actually played football at Duke and is now playing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Giles-Harris is also um, reportedly entered the transfer portal or has is exploring options of playing uh, football as a fifth-year grad transfer. And, you know, here's, here's what I will bring up about this. So just like you see with some of these fifth-year football players, like, you know, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, so Dear King, a quarterback from Houston, is coming in to Miami as a fifth-year senior. Dear King is not going to come and sit. He's, he's the starter for the Hurricanes this year. Pat Spencer coming in at Northwestern. He was going to make an impact. He starts for the Wildcats now. He's an impact player for Northwestern basketball. And so, someone asked me, they said, you know, why would someone like a Doc Sakin, a Jared Bernhardt, a JT Giles Harris, who those guys are all top five, top ten picks, in whatever pro lacrosse league you want to put them in, right? Why would someone who has the ability to go make money playing a sport that they love choose to go play a fifth year, go 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 an extra year of college, do an extra year of school, and play football or you no know, basketball in Pat Spencer's case or whatever, another sport that they love? Now, I I don't know what their academic situations are. I don't know any of that. I don't know what the, you know what their degrees are or anything like that. So, any academic thing, I I, I can't speak to on on any of those players. But I will say this: I can't see any of those three guys that I mentioned for football. Bernhardt. Um, Aiken, who's going to Villanova, or Giles Harris. I can't see either of those guys going somewhere to play a fifth year of football where they're not going to step on the field and either A, compete for a, maybe not a starting spot, but uh, Aiken is going to be a wide receiver. So maybe he's competing for that third wide receiver spot. Right? You have multiple wide receivers on the field uh, at one time in a game. So you don't necessarily have that depth chart issue of like a quarterback or a running back where you might only have uh, one on the field quarterback. You only have one on the field usually at one time. Um, running back, you can have two on the field as well. But you don't have that depth chart issue at some of these other skill positions that you do at quarterback. Bernhardt is is in the transfer portal as a QB. Aiken as a wide receiver going to Villanova. 
I don't know what uh, position Giles Hayless played in high school. Um, but honestly, like, and I'll say this again, none of those guys are going to go somewhere where they're not going to make an impact. So that's that's kind of my two cents on that. And that's that's kind of a good rule of thumb when looking at any fifth-year transfer because who wants to go do a fifth-year somewhere where they're going to sit? Because, I mean, they could be sitting at, I mean, and look, none of those guys are going to SEC schools. ACC school, maybe. Low end. But you're not going, you're not going to be in, in, in the college football playoff. You know, Villanova is a respectable FCS program. They're not North Dakota State. They're not James Madison. You go to a top-end program, they're not going to take you. Now, Pat Spencer, you can argue that Northwestern basketball is a top-end program. Personally, I think the Big Ten is overrated in basketball every single year. Northwestern, however, is a very respectable athletic department, very well known. That's a special case. And he played basketball in the summer, in a summer league, with guys who played in the NBA and played college basketball. So he was playing against competition while in college as well. You can't, I mean, you can play flag football in the summer. You can go play pickup flag football or whatever. But you're not going out there and hitting guys. You're not putting pads on. Yeah, lacrosse is a contact sport, but, and it, we got that contact like we do in football, but it's a different type of contact. So, um, you know, obviously wish, wish all three of those guys the best, but, um, and, and to answer that question that I, I got multiple people asking me that question was like, why would they do that? Um, you know, if, 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 if you're going to play, you know, why not do it? Um, I do see the, op- I do see where a lot of people come from of like, why would you not go make money and go back to school? Um, a lot of people kind of down here in the South where I'm from, that's kind of their mentality is, you know, we are, we are no matter what sport it is, we're using this to, to make money. Like, we're using this to get to this level so we can make money off of this. Or if, if we can't, we're, you know, at least you got a college degree. Um, that's kind of how a lot of people down here look at it. I know a lot of people up northeast that, you know, tell me, uh, that have told me, like, you know, don't, they don't really understand that. Um, that's fine, but, I mean, it, it, it's it's different. Every situation is different. Every situation is unique. So, um, obviously, wish all those guys the best, and uh, I guess I'll be rooting for uh, Villanova football next year uh, with Doc Sakin. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, I had some people mention, they're like, hey, next Chris Hogan, right? Um I don't know. I don't like Chris Hogan. He's a great player, um, but I, I like I don't want to go out on a, on a limb and say Doc Sakin's the next Chris Hogan because Chris Hogan's a special player. He's a special athlete. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what Doc Sakin's future holds for him in football. But I'm pretty sure right now he's focused on uh, 
uh, getting the Virginia Cavaliers back to a uh, national title this season. And uh, certainly right now focused on uh, Princeton, who they play tomorrow. That is all for uh, this episode of the Cross Bucket Podcast. As always, uh, catch us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.